Hello and welcome to Podiums and the Paddock. I'm Carla and I'm here with Katie and today you're joining us for the Formation Lab where we are discussing the Halo. So the Formation Lab is for you, whether you're a brand new fan or a seasoned enthusiast, we cover a huge range of topics that will help you get up to speed with the intricacies of the F1 world. We'll cover everything from the basics of tyre strategy to the cutting edge technology that drives innovation in the sport. We'll also talk a lot about the history, diving deep into legendary drivers, races and teams that have shaped Formula 1 into the global phenomenon it is today. So get ready to join us on the starting grid for the Formation Lab. So as I mentioned, we're going to be discussing the introduction of the Halo and why it would have ever been so controversial because it's such a key part of a Formula One car today. In just the 2022 season alone, we saw the Halo be responsible for saving at least two lives in F1. So it seems really strange to imagine that anyone ever opposed this. So Katie, please start us off. Give us the basics. What is the Halo? Okay, so for those who aren't familiar, the halo is the titanium structure that sits above the cockpit and is designed to deflect objects away from the driver's head if there's an accident. It only weighs 9 kilos, but it can withstand 12,000 kilograms of weight, which is the same as a London double-decker bus. That's crazy. Yeah, and I feel like for people, especially if you started watching Drive to Survive, the cars all looked like that. Like, they've had this for quite a few years now. So... People might not have known that before, that little part that goes around the driver's head used to not be there. Yeah. It's really invaluable. It protects, as we said, driver's heads from anything flying. Like we had Yuki Tsunoda's tyre come off yes. a few races ago. They're obviously very dangerous if they're going at speed. It also helps if cars launch on top of one another, which we've seen, or if a car takes a direct hit into anything. And that's actually... What we saw with Jules Bianchi, and he tragically passed away in 2014 after his car crashed into a tractor that was getting another car off the track. Yeah, that was horrific, that accident. And it was the incident that brought the idea of cockpit protection back into the spotlight. But there also were a number of other incidents that were able to be used as compelling evidence for its necessity. In 2009, there were two incidents in the space of a week, which is horrific. First, 18-year-old F2 driver Henry Sturties died of injuries received from being struck on the head by a wheel, which had come off another car that had spun into the wall, which is quite similar to what, you know, realistically could have happened with Yuki Tsunoda's wheel coming off in Azerbaijan this year. Yeah. And then just six days later, Felipe Massa was knocked unconscious by a spring that had become detached from another car. And that hit him in the head when he was traveling over 280 kilometers and one of the fastest sections of the Hungara Ring circuit. So to be honest, it was kind of surprising that cockpit protection wasn't invented much sooner. Yeah. Until 2018. And even then, it was very controversial. You know, for me, who's someone who started watching F1 more consistently after 2018... It seems bizarre to think that they didn't have that protection. Like, yeah. when I see old F1 cars, I think, oh my gosh, that looks terrifying. Yeah. And yeah, it was met with a lot of a lot of controversy, as I said. Seeing those, those older F1 cars, to me, do look quite dangerous. I, I do see that 
they could see a lot more. Mm. I know when I've played the the F1 PlayStation game and you can choose to put the Halo on and you can see a lot less, yeah. but just the protection it offers you to me, it seems invaluable. And yeah. I think as a newer fan, it's harder to imagine the, the criticism, but there was a lot of criticism coming from a lot of different people. Yeah, there was. I mean, there were people who were racing purists like Nikki Lauda, who didn't like it because it went against the DNA of single-seater racing. And Max Verstappen had even said that there needs to be a certain element of risk. You can improve the car, but we don't need to have this thing on top of it. It's not just how it looks. I just don't think it's necessary. He was only 20 years old when he said that, though, so it's probably not his most well thought out thought and you know he hadn't had his prefrontal cortex completely developed so i'm gonna give him a pass on that one but yeah there's a lot of people there um, are a lot of people who are against it for aesthetic reasons too and just for that which is bonkers that is probably yeah. the worst reason to be opposed. yeah after kimi raikkonen tested a car with a halo in t- 2016 lewis hamilton whose prefrontal cortex would have been developed, wrote on Instagram, this is the worst looking mod in Formula One history. I appreciate the quest for safety, but this is Formula One and the way it is now is perfectly fine. Toto Wolf had similar thoughts after its introduction in 2018. He said, if you give me a chainsaw, I would take it off. We need to look after driver's safety, but what we have implemented is aesthetically not appealing. We need to tackle that and come up with a solution that looks better. Since then, both of these people and I think pretty much everyone who was against it have acknowledged that they were wrong to oppose it and it arguably saved Lewis Hamilton's life after his crash with Max Verstappen in 2021 in Monza and there were actually tyre marks on Lewis's helmet. So, you know, you can only imagine if there wasn't a halo there to take the majority of the weight of Max's car, Mm. how bad that could have been. And I think it's really interesting that it often seems to be the people who are opposing it who end up yes. getting saved yeah, by it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think probably the most valid criticism, I suppose, was that it added weight to the car, which adds time to each lap. Depending on the circuit, one kilo is worth around 0.1 seconds per lap. So I can see from that perspective why teams wouldn't want to introduce it. But that doesn't really make sense either because everyone would just be 0.1 of a second. Yeah, it's not like some slower. cars have it and some cars don't. Yeah, Toto had also pointed out that because of the additional weight on top of the car, it messes with the car's center of gravity and makes it a bit more difficult to control. But we definitely know that Mercedes was able to overcome those concerns quite quickly and continued winning their world titles until 2021. Maybe now it's yeah. just impacting them. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, <laughs> they're the like, excuse. it's the halo. Yeah. But yeah, so that, aside from the weight, the only other valid concern in my opinion was the visibility issues that it caused for the drivers but after the first test Kimi Raikkonen made it pretty clear that this was actually minimal impact and so that put a lot of those concerns to bed so there were two drivers in particular who defended the Halo's introduction can you guess who they were well I'm gonna guess one is Mm. Sebastian Vettel of course absolute king Um, who was the other one it was Fernando Alonso which he knows going against his bad boy vibe, but 
He basically said that it was necessary for the future of F1 to prevent serious injuries and fatal accidents. And so due to the clear benefits, it wasn't just Formula 1 that introduced the Halo, it was also Formula 2, Formula 3, Formula 4, Formula Regional, Formula E, and then other open wheel racing series like Indy Car and Indy Lights. So yes. I think it's really interesting that two of the most experienced drivers yeah. were for it. I don't really know what was going on with Lewis, but I think it's interesting He's a that style these. King. He just, yeah, it was like, he aesthetically, it's not for me. That these people were, you know, for it. I think there are people who would have seen a lot of accidents, yeah. And I guess just having that experience and knowing that it wasn't worth. It's not worth risking your life for an aesthetic, and no. you know, the the fans don't want that either. You know, people are saying, "Oh, the cars are ugly. People aren't going to watch want to watch the cars." Why? Also, don't want to watch drivers that I I love and care about get killed. Yeah, I'd I'd rather the cars be a bit quote unquote uglier. I also don't think they're ugly. I also really don't get how they they're ugly. No, it's very strange. Okay, so let's let's explore some of the times that the Halo has probably saved people's lives. Charles Leclerc was against its introduction, but he had a crash in Spa in 2018 where Fernando Alonso's McLaren launched over his Alfa Romeo and it likely saved his life there. We talked already about Lewis. Perhaps one of the most famous times we saw the halo working was in the 2021 Bahrain Grand Prix where Roman Grosjean's Haas connected with Daniel Kvyat's Alfa Tauri and speared into the barrier starting that infamous fiery crash that we all know, and that Roman was lucky to survive with only relatively minor burns. In that crash, the house was pretty much completely destroyed, apart from the halo and the little seat where Roman was sitting. It torpedoed through the barriers, and the car's fuel line split and caused the whole car to be engulfed in a fireball. Grosjean said, I wasn't for the Halo some years ago, but I think it's the greatest thing we've brought into Formula One. Without it, I wouldn't be able to speak to you today. He filmed that from his hospital bed. This was really different to what he'd said when he was the head of the Grand Prix Drivers Association, which often pushes for safety advancements. In 2017, he'd said, we don't need anything. I am against every Halo or Shield or whatever. It is not F1. It's crazy, right? Like... It, it honestly seems that the halo was like, I hear you opposing me and I'm going to save the life of everyone who opposed yeah. me. Yeah, it is pretty nuts. And I mean, I guess there was also that really terrifying Silverstone crash in 2022 where Joe Guan Yu's car was involved in an incident quickly after the race started and his car had swept sideways and then up into the sky and flipped in the air and it landed in the halo and he was just flying through the asphalt and gravel so it was just a horrible crash and he was wedged in the gap with a tire barrier so yeah the fact that he was just taken out on a stretcher as a precaution but had been saying that he was feeling pretty good just would not have been possible without well he would have been on his head yeah that he would have been dead for sure after that so that combined with all the other crashes we've just discussed and then there's been a bunch in f2 and f3 that have saved lives there's no doubt that it was an important addition to formula one yeah, I think, as Roman said, it's probably the most important thing they've introduced in Formula 1. I honestly think it'd be quite scary to watch the races without it. When you think of all those times, 
you know, that you could have seen drivers that you really care about and value that could have been horribly injured without it. Yeah, I just think it goes without saying that it's invaluable and it is crazy to think looking back now that anyone was ever opposed to it. Yeah, I know I don't know that I would necessarily be as avid a fan as I am now if I felt that I could just be watching this sport and then someone would just die in front of my eyes. So yeah, definitely been a good addition and I'm glad to see that a lot of the people who were opposed have realised how valuable it is. Yeah, I don't think there'd be anyone who would oppose it now. No, I, I don't think so. So yeah, thank you so much for listening to our little explainer about the Halo and its introduction. We really hope you have enjoyed listening to us and maybe have learned something new. I know that when we did the research for this, we learned a lot. We'll be back on Thursday with our Formula One 5, where we'll be discussing the top five stories in the F1 news cycle for the week. And if you have any new questions or things that you want to know more about that you'd like us to cover in a formation lap episode, please let us know. We are on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. So, you know, give us a follow over there and shoot us a message if there's anything you want to know more about. And if you want to follow us on Spotify, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate that. And if you liked it, we'd love if you could give us a five-star rating. So, thank you for listening. We hope you learned something or at least enjoyed a nice little chat about halos. And we will talk to you again soon. Bye! Bye.